What's up, everybody? Very, very fun interview today. I had a really good time. Um, if you see, I'm wearing the, the new Stalemates hats. I don't know if you can see it with my light. I got the lighting a little bit low today. We got the Stalemates Times t-shirt here. Uh, we'll be posting links to the online store very quickly. Uh, very fun interview. Robin Faker, Maryland legend, uh, Washington Bullets legend, sports legend. Uh, here at Stalemates, we're a podcast, uh, YouTube show for the fans. This guy's the ultimate fan, so I'm very excited to have him. Thanks for watching. What's up, Stalemates? We got a legend in the game today. We, uh, we have Robin Ficker on the podcast. How you doing, Robin? wonderful i'm a legend in my own mind yeah a lot of people are calling you a legend i don't know if you saw it i put out a we do kind of um stalemates uh does like satire articles here and we put out a headline with you and it got a lot of traction did you see it by chance yes i did well you know we always have fun at these wrestling matches one two buckle my shoe <laughs> three four close the door five six stick him quick Seven, eight, you're wrestling great. Nine, ten, ref, they win. <laughs> Let's go. I like it. Do you, uh, I remember you coming, I go to every single NCAA wrestling nationals. Uh, was Headlock Shep Talk your most famous chant that you had? Well, Headlock Shep Talk became very popular because it's an easy to remember chant and it summarizes how he would put his opponents to sleep. So, you know, he did very well. I'm sorry he lost the finals there to Ed Ruth, but he won everything else. And uh, we're proud of him. Yeah, Jimmy Sheptock is a Maryland legend. Um, for those who he, don't... He's now, an assistant, he's now an assistant coach at Harvard. That's right. Yeah, I looked that up um, before the show here. Uh, if you don't know who Robin is, which if you paid attention to any uh, D.C. sports over the past, what, 20 years or so, maybe more? Uh, well, you know, I I attended all the Washington Bullets games yep. from, I guess it was 70, let me think now, 86 to 98. I didn't miss a game for 12 years. Wow. And I went to some of the NBA finals. We had a lot of fun. And I got to know every player in the NBA. I, I sat in the front row right behind the opposing team's bench. Yep. And then in 2010, I started going to all the University of Maryland wrestling matches because, you know, you're up close and personal at these wrestling matches. You, the, the guy's out there all by himself. He needs help, and I try to give him help. Did you, um, did you grow up around the sport of wrestling? Well, I, I wrestled in high school, but back then there were only about three or four teams that had wrestling team high school teams in the Washington area. And then when I went to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, of course, every cadet there wrestles at least a little bit in gym class. And I have two sons, both of whom to wrestle through high school, one of them through college. And, uh, of course, I went to all their matches. It, it, it's a pretty good sport for young guys. It keeps them disciplined, keeps them mm -hmm. focused keep them in shape yep. and generally wrestlers get pretty good grades too. So they're, they know how to focus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how does the 
NBA fans compared to the wrestling fans? Is one more uh, aggressive than the other, or are they both kind of similar? Well, you know, I always try to be vocal. I keep it clean. I don't drink any alcohol. I don't swear. I don't make any racial or sexual comments. But, you know, it's the First Amendment right to get out there and get a vicarious thrill when you can't get on the court, when you can't get on the mat. I mean, you know, I was one of the best high school players in the country, basketball, except I couldn't dribble or shoot. <laughs> I would just run up and down and get some rebounds. And, yeah. and then when I got to the NBA, I, I tried to use therapy on these players, take their mind off their game. And in wrestling, of course, you, you want to bolster your team because it's tough out there. And you've got to go all, you got to go all seven minutes. You can't rest. You've got to keep pushing because a lot of those matches are won right at the end. That's great. That's all right. Um, I did some homework on you and I, and I heard a story that you had on the Dan Patrick show um, where you said you kind of got in the, you got behind or underneath the skin of a NBA coach and he kind of swung on you. Did you ever have anything like that in wrestling? Have you ever had a opposing team or coach ever try to any physical altercations? Well, some of these opposing coaches, of course, want to wrestle me. <laughs> um, you know, like like the Brand Brothers yeah. and, and and like uh, Kale. You know, they want to wrestle me, but I advise them not to take me up on that or not to go, not to follow through because it's just a matter of opinion, and they'd end up on their back. <laughs> That's right. Hey, actually, that brings me to my next point here. Um, there's this famous story that Charles Barkley flew you out to Phoenix so you could heckle Michael Jordan in one of the, was it an NBA Finals game, something like that? Yeah, it was the NBA Finals. He flew me out to Phoenix, and I sat right behind the uh, opposing, right behind Mike there. And, of course, gambling was a big issue. Yeah. And we had a game going. We had a, we had a little blackjack going right there during the NBA Finals. <laughs> I had a bunch of hundred dollar bills and oversized cars yeah. and I'd say, Mike, how much you'd want to bet? And he'd hold up three fingers. We had, we had a lot of fun. That's awesome. And also I read, I used to, I used to read the Jordan rules. Yeah. Him. He claimed he'd never read it. Sam Smith told me that, you know, he appreciated me giving his book some publicity, but, but I read Jordan rules to Mike. He claimed he'd never read it, but then I would add lip from time to time and he would turn around and <laughs> shake his head whenever I did that. So he knew every word in that book. Yeah. You caught him slipping. Did you ever, um, did you ever do homework on any, uh, wrestling stuff or was that pretty much just NBA? Well, no, I always try to do homework. I read up on, on the sports. I mean, if you're going to talk knowledgeably, just, you know, I'm in court every day. I'm a, I'm a defense attorney. You have to do your research. You have to know what you're talking about. By the way, I'm also running for governor. I've just come back from the weekend of campaigning on the boardwalk in Ocean City, Maryland, because you can meet people from all over the state of Maryland there at Ocean City. Yeah. And uh, I've been meeting them, advocating cutting the state sales tax two cents to give us a financial tailwind coming out of this pandemic. Okay. Are you dressing up in the in the full Maryland heckler uniform while you do that? Well, I do have a Maryland shirt mm -hmm. because, uh, after all, when you're running for governor of Maryland, people want to know where you're from. We get a lot of people coming in from Pennsylvania, Delaware, Virginia, West Virginia, New Jersey. 
coming in and spending their money in Maryland, which is what we want them to do. And it's also people are much more relaxed at the beach. They're not uptight about this virus. There's a lot of sunshine, a lot of wind there. And so I think people feel safe. Okay. So earlier in this interview, you brought up Tom and Terry Brands, and then I brought up the story of Charles Barkley flying you out to Phoenix. I'm a big Iowa State wrestling fan. We wrestle Iowa every single year. This year, it's at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Say somebody gathered up some money to fly you out to Iowa City this year for the dual meet. Would you heckle Iowa for me? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would sit right there and <laughs> let them have it because they they are a little overconfident, really. I think they're overrated in Iowa. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Keep going. Keep this, going. <laughs> and I... You know, I'm not even sure that they would finish in the top 10 in the NCAA this year. Agreed. They're, they're so, yeah, so, you know, they're having problems. I know they got very upset when uh, when Spencer Myers from Maryland, who was not seeded that particular year, mm-hmm. he uh, he wrestled Bobby Telford yeah. um, of Iowa, who was, I think, he was ranked either second or third. I, I can't remember exactly which one. And then I was sitting down there in the front row and uh, and really uh, trying to boost Spencer, who had been an All-American his freshman year, I might add. He was no slouch, but he wasn't rated because he'd had a, a knee injury, a serious knee injury the year before. And he beat Bobby Chilford. It was the biggest upset of the first day. And then I think that the brand complained to the people in the stadium saying that I wasn't in the seat that I had bought. Oh. <laughs> now, you know, you know, everybody moves around oh, in yeah. these wrestling matches yep. because you want to be you want to be <laughs> where your wrestler is and they may have 10 mats, so you got a 1 in 10 chance of your favorite wrestler being right in front of you. So people yep. move around. I think they've been doing that forever. But Brand got upset because uh Telford lost and he thought that that might seriously hurt their chances at the tournament, which it did. Yeah, I definitely can see the Brands Brothers doing that. Now, uh, I rem- you just brought up, you know, everybody kind of moves around and whatnot. I remember, I don't know what year it was, um, but you moved over and you were kind of in the Minnesota section. I believe a Maryland guy was wrestling some other school. It wasn't a Minnesota guy at all. But Minnesota kind of, the Minnesota Gopher fans, they got behind you and started cheering Headlock Shep Talk with you. So you had like your whole section. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, oh yes, I do, and the the, uh, the Gopher fans are very friendly and they're adaptable. Of course, uh, they didn't want the Pens, they didn't want Ed Ruth to win that match, and uh, so they were rooting. I think that had something to do with the fact they were going for Headlock Sheptock, but also it just it's a catchy jingle to say Headlock Sheptock, yeah. and then you can pretend why while you're saying it, you can pretend to have a headlock on the guy sitting next to you. So it makes it a lot of, it makes it a lot of fun. A lot of those Minnesota guys were pretending they were given headlock while they were saying headlock chef talk. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I totally remember that. And then there was a couple, I think it, I think it might've been the last time I've seen you at nationals. Um, they kept kicking you out of sections. Was that in, was that, where was that at? Do you remember? Is that Cleveland? Well, that was in St. Louis, I think. Really? Uh, and I think the brand said something to do with that because that was the year that Myers beat Telford. But look, okay. you know, at these wrestling matches, everybody moves around. Yep. And, and a lot of these, 
a lot of these wrestlers are gone the first day. Let's face it. Right. And so, so, so fans come there to see a particular wrestler. He may be, he may lose twice the first day and be out of the tournament. So, I mean, there are seats around. I don't think they, they should make sure that everyone sits in one little spot. You know, right. it, it, matter of fact, some of these old guys that go to wrestling, they need to move around more than they do. Because <laughs> yeah. when you stop moving, yeah. when you stop moving, you're in the cemetery. Yeah, that's right. I totally agree with you, especially with this coronavirus. Everybody was stuck inside. And I think people were dying because of that because they weren't out moving yeah. around. Um, so if we did bring you, I'd have to put you in um, some Iowa State gear. Would you ever do that? Oh, sure. I would do that, you know. And I would, uh, I would like to be sitting right there behind those Iowa guys. Oh yeah, we'll get because, you good seats. Uh, I could, I could give them some some tips as to how they could improve their wrestling. I could show them some moves yeah. that they couldn't blink to see because if they blink, they'd miss it. I think that they need that. I think they need your help. Um, will, yes. we, will we see you return back to nationals this year or upcoming years? Well, you know, I hope they have a nationals this year. Yeah, me too. You know, I mean, they they canceled in Maryland. They they in my county, which is the biggest county, they have canceled all winter sports. Yeah, and that includes wrestling. Yeah. So come terrible. on, I I mean, I hope they they follow through with it. Look what happened last year. You know, the the tournament didn't take place, and I hope that we. Have, have our full season this year. I agree. Now, Maryland recently got a new coach, uh, Alex Clemson. He came over from, uh, I think he was an assistant at Missouri. Are you excited for the new era of Maryland wrestling? Well, I, I you know, we got to, we got to win some big 10 matches. That's what it comes down to. Big 10 is the toughest conference. We got to win some matches in that big 10. We got to win individual matches. Yeah. They didn't do very well in the big 10 tournament last year. So there's nowhere to go but up. And they've got to install a winning attitude. If forward ever, backward never. That's right. I We should make a shirt out of that. Um, before I let you go here, we like to keep these pretty brief. Um, some people say that we kind of heckle a little bit on Twitter. We make those satire uh, articles, and uh, we put out different memes and videos and whatnot. Do you have any heckling advice for us? Well, I just say keep it clean. And, uh, you know, we want to hear robust discussion of mm -hmm. the issues in the sport. And I don't see anything wrong with someone getting a vicarious thrill and sitting uh, right there at the mat's edge when they're going mano a mano and just sounding off. Because if well, if it's a lot, I remember when Maryland wrestled Missouri, we went out there and and uh, our heavyweight wasn't quite as good as Dom Bradley yeah. who was there, who was who was uh, Missouri's heavyweight and when we got the heavyweight, it looked like uh, Maryland couldn't win the duel, so we were saving our heavyweight for Wyoming which was our next match so Dom was going to forfeit, so I stood up and said I'll wrestle him. <laughs> and I went and the, re the referee motioned me out on the mat. And I, I came down out of the stand and got on the mat. And then Dom 
looked around. He was like a bull. Yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in this field and this big bull is going to charge me. Yeah. So I then I turned around and hightailed it out of there. Yeah, we should call you the Maryland Matador then. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Robin, I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us today. Uh, I tried every single outlet I could to reach you. I'm glad we made it happen. Yeah, I know. You call me anytime. Okay. I'm going to, we should talk. I'd love to have you come out to Iowa and I, we need somebody to heckle um, the Hawkeyes. The Iowa State's looking good. The tides are turning. We got Kevin Dresser at the head now. So maybe we can make it happen. Well, I'll, I'll be happy to do that because I can suggest ways that they can improve their match. Okay. Robin, thank you very much, man. Good luck with all the, uh, the races and whatnot. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Cop I love competition. I like to be competitive. Every day I'm competitive in court, in politics, at the wrestling matches. I'm a competitive person, and I think competition brings out the best in everybody. That's right. It, uh, it only pushes the envelope. Um, again, thanks again. Uh, Robin yeah. Ficker, the Maryland heckler, everybody. Thank you very much.